Hello, everyone, and welcome to the No Limit Podcast, No Limit Jumper Podcast, I might add, a few name changes. Um, I'd like to introduce my co-host, who hasn't been on in a while. I'm very happy to have him back, uh, Antonio. Antonio, how are we doing? Doing great. Happy Friday. Hope you and everybody else had a great, great week. Let's finish strong. Yeah, and a long weekend at that, so... Um, very happy to be back with another episode. Um, some issues that um, I want to cover. Um, I wrote an article a couple days ago, if any of you viewers out there have tuned into the website, about the issues that aren't really talked about in the NBA. You know, we have, uh, for such a successful league as the NBA is, making a lot of revenue, I think $1.9 billion per franchise. Um, and that's not that's just the franchise, not, not including endorsements, etc. But... There's a lot of issues that coincide with the NBA and it's not being talked about. You know, Adam Silver says how how much he's pro player, but yet when it comes down to the line, that's just, there's stuff that happens behind the scenes that management and they don't even really care about because, you know, the dollar sign weighs a lot more in. But I really want to discuss on how much players really have to adjust, you know. Um, I don't know if you guys know um, Luke Ridenauer, he was a guard. He retired back in uh, twenty sixteen. Underrated, yeah. Um, he retired in twenty sixteen, um, but he was the only player that was traded four times in a span of a month. So that's a team every single week. So the thing is, is when players deal like when players deal with getting traded. Um, they get traded unexpectedly. You know, we saw videos of Derrick Rose basically in tears about him being traded and it was unexpected and everything. But let's just take let's take a trip down Luke Ridenauer's life, you know? He's 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 on one team, he's probably driving down to uh the facility to go to practice. He gets a call from his agent, says, you know, uh you, you've been traded to the Indiana Pacers, let's just say for uh, reference right now you get traded to the Pacers you're in Memphis Tennessee so that means you literally spent your whole day trying to get ready for to the airport pick up your stuff from the hotel but more, than, but more importantly it just it wears and tears on your body you know um we're going to talk more about other issues into it, but um, Antonio, man, how do you adjust from the trade block? I know, I know a lot of players go through it and it can get, it can get a little annoying at times when players are bounced around from team to team. And, you know, we, we see players probably Luke Rittenauer didn't even get to, to dress up for a team. He was bounced around for a month with no, no set destination. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a crazy adjustment because the, the player not only has to worry about, you know, new teammates, new facilities, uh, new arena, you know, new transportation to get to the arena, but they also have to, in some cases, most cases, worry about the family that they're bringing with them. So stress-wise, I, I would not be surprised if they're, they're dealing with, you know, 10 times the stress um, of, you know, an average human being would think that they're dealing with. Um, they're, at the end of the day, the NBA is a business, you know, so the players are expected to perform 
at their highest level regardless of what's going on in their personal lives. Um, but, you know, teams don't do them any favors by trading them, you know, mid-season while their kids are, you know, in a school system uh, that they enjoy and they've made friends and now they have to be rerouted to, you know, a West Coast team. Um, there's, you know, deep-rooted effects that, you know, the NBA teams are not considering when they're uprooting a player. So, as, as a player, you, you need to adjust and that comes with, you know, asking questions at your rookie seminar, um, talking to the vets and understanding that, you know, your, your day with the team today may not be secure um, in the future. So it's just being aware of the possibilities and in preparing yourself for worst case scenario. Yeah, and not only that, it's it wears and tears on you financially too. I know obviously the NBA is a very big profiting league, but I'm not talking about the superstars who can afford to do that, you know, can afford to spend all this money trying to get from place to place if, if they were traded, you know. I'm talking about the under-the-radar players like Luke Ridenauer, Kirk Heinrich, um, Rajon Rondo right now, um, players of that caliber who, you know, are literally playing for their job on the line. And like you said, nothing's guaranteed in the NBA. I mean, contracts are guaranteed, but um, upon contract, the team can literally drop you in a matter of minutes. So you have really to be prepared. Yeah, usually with the with, with trades, um, the the team that usually the team that's either trading you or trading for you is is either going to cover your costs or reimburse you down the line. So, in terms of finances, at the at I don't really consider that too much of a burden because um, at the end of the day, it's you know you're talking multi million dollars um, and. It, it's a business, right? So when an, an employer is making a decision, they're, they're taking that into consideration as well, that everything's a financial decision. So I, I'm pretty sure that the, that is covered, but in terms of like the, the non-financials, everything else is not considered. Yeah, you're, uh, when, when you put it that way, it makes a lot of sense, but... Um, it's it's but like yeah. a job offering you um, a, a job in Seattle and you live, you know, Kentucky. If they want you, they're going to, you know, relate, relocate you. And that's how it goes down in, in, in professional sports too. Because I know of times where that that wasn't always the issue or that wasn't always the, uh, the motive that they would cover their costs. They were, but, um, oh, excuse me, but, um, but no, uh, moving on from the trade block, um, just the, the overall, if you look at the overall daily routine of an NBA player, it it's it's a wild lifestyle. Obviously, we don't we don't see it because all we always we see is them suiting up for the game, but you have you have them like their day just never ends, it seems like. They just never have time for sleep, they never have time to eat, you know, they can't prepare their bodies for especially for their back-to-backs and it's funny how um uh the no limit jumper writer zach uh along with myself has, has written about this um but it's just crazy to think about how how much they're always on the go and um 
I think uh, CJ McCollum has spoke on on it a lot is that sleep has gotten in the way of his production. You know, you wonder why players aren't playing up to par. Um, a big a big deal of that is sleep uh, and a lot of other issues involved with it. You know, you got their uh, they got uh, the family family involved. They're away from their family. Um, I'm not trying to get too much off topic, but um, but no, um, they're just always you right after the game. I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was I was gonna say it's, again. I'm getting tongue tied. It's all good. Um, when it comes to sleep, it's it's something I talk to with my clients. It's it's something that is invaluable. You know, that's one of the first things I talk to um, prospective clients and current clients is what is your sleep schedule like because if you're not sleeping right you're definitely not eating right um and you're definitely not exercising right and you're probably not functioning right in your day-to-day so if um if you can pinpoint sleep as something that is causing you an issue rather than helping you heal your body and get you restored for a new day then that's something you have to address and in the in the nba i think they've they more so than other leagues have come along uh, more so in terms of advancements when it comes to you know getting athletes to perform at their best um, because there is just so much money involved and players have unlike in football where the the money is kind of given to a set amount of players and NBA you know you got the Evan Turners of the world you know making 18 million dollars a year you know, they, he can have access to world-class training, world-class nutrition. So um, when it comes to sleeping patterns, it, the NBA doesn't, again, they're not doing any, their players any favors by giving them these 82 game schedules over a course of, you know, five, six months in these back-to-back games. And remember, was it a couple of years ago where they were having teams play three nights in a row? And, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's scheduling like that where you know at the end of the day is profit better than product you know because again these are employees of your business who you expect to perform at 100 percent on the day-to-day so if they're not sleeping right again they're not eating right they're definitely not functioning right and you know it really does take a perfect type of scenario for a team to win a championship it go, comes down to, to coaching. It comes down to player buy-in. It comes into, you know, the nutrition staff, the training staff, everybody buying in and honestly a little bit of luck. But if, you know, the players can't, you know, produce at the level that they're supposed to be on the day-to-day or when it matters, then, you know, then all that money kind of means nothing. Because at the end of the day, you want to win, right? That's the goal. Yeah, but the at the same token, obviously the league has put put in some. Uh, I think they reduced the number of back to backs. You know, they they've kind of eased the schedule in that aspect. But what do you do when right after the game you're immediately going to the plane? You might get two hours of sleep, then get off the plane, get into a hotel room. Okay, might have so. twenty minutes to yourself. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm so. curious. First of all, have you seen these planes the players travel on now? Yeah, yeah. 
they have separate rooms they have they have beds they have you know showers luxury so let's let's i i don't want to you know undermine the argument because i think it's a valid argument but let's not act like they're flying commercial you know on spirit airlines that is definitely not happening these players if they are getting sleep on a plane it's the most comfortable sleep you'll ever get on a plane um and when it comes to those those road trips and you know uh, those back-to-backs again it, it really comes down to what have you done to prepare yourself for that moment if you've dreamed your whole life about being in the NBA and performing at a high level then you've already practiced you know that routine like Tobias Harris has you know he, he knows exactly what his body needs exactly when it needs it and that's how he functions you know that's why you need the, the rookie symposium to mean a little bit more that's why you need um, veterans to pass on knowledge to the younger generation because these players are growing up playing AEU games pretty much all year round you know not sleeping you know, not eating right, you know, just playing off of pure talent and, you know, exuberance. So when they have enough talent to get to the league, they're just going one year in college, definitely not practicing good study habits, definitely not, you know, practicing good eating habits, you know, because they know they're getting to the league. So it, it really starts from young. If you can't instill those good habits from a, a young age, then you're going to have those times on the plane where you may be playing cards instead of sleeping. And to tie that into everything, then you got this term called load management, which I feel like load management can mean so many different things. And I don't like the fact that Kawhi Leonard is getting criticized for it right now, because if anyone knows the term load management, you know, Greg Popovich has been doing it his whole career. Um, one game in particular was against the Miami Heat with LeBron, Wade, and uh, Bosch. And what did he do? Greg Popovich rested Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and uh, Tony Parker. So on national television, obviously he got away with it because he's Greg Popovich, but now you're kind of putting Kawhi Leonard in. So the Clippers had eight games, okay? He sat two. So that's basically 25% of the season he's already missed. And people are tr- people are criticizing him like, you're two weeks into the season. Why are you why are you resting? You so know, when people it's it's clear he's not hundred percent. And mean, the Clippers and, came and, out okay. the Clippers even came out and said that, but then you got Doc Rivers getting fined fifty thousand dollars for his comments. But at the end of the day, if Kawhi Leonard is not 100% and is telling you or communicating with you behind closed doors that he's not 100%, then do not play him. But the league is sitting there saying, well, you know, he has a job to do. He, I feel like all, all the NBA cares about in that instance is, you know, Kawhi Leonard is one of the best players in the league. He's making us money. If he's not playing, we're losing money. So I feel yeah, like it's only money, money, yeah. money. Well, the Clippers were dumb by by saying load management. They could have just easily said thigh soreness, and this would have been not a story at all. But they decided to put that verbiage out there for a reason. They wanted to be known that 
there's nothing wrong with him. We're just resting him. That's just that was just dumb on their part. So at the end of the day, just like the, you know that these players get paid to play 82 games. So unless you're injured, then you need to be out there competing. I I mean I have no qualms with Kawhi Leonard resting. Just don't say he's resting. Say he has like an injury. Say he, that's why the injury report is there. So you, take a page out of you know the NFL. Just list people just because you know like the Doc thing Rivers is save the NFL, you don't pay. you don't hear the term load management around the NFL. Guys are playing. Guys are going out and playing. Forty a forty two year old Tom Brady is going out there and playing every single game. Obviously, yes, it's sixteen games, but. One wrong hit, and you could end your whole life and career potentially with a concussion. So, in terms it's, of, it's, go ahead. It's different. It, it's different. It's different. It, it's different because there's 82 versus 16 games. All right, but you that's know, the these, same token. Kawhi Leonard came out was, I don't know if this is true. I've been hearing it around the league, but Kawhi Leonard saying, you know, I'm I'm just going to give you 65 games. I'm not going to give you 82 games. But then he's going to sit there and say. You know, I'm going to play 65 games, but I want to get paid for 82. But he's going to give you 24 or at least, you know, two rounds of playoff basketball. Because that's what you brought Kawhi Leonard in for. You didn't bring him in for 82 uh, regular season games. You brought him in to win you, you know, 50 games, 48, 50 games, whatever you need to get into the playoffs in the West. And then you brought him in to dominate. You brought him in to dominate in the playoffs where it matters. Where he's already proven that he can do it on two different teams and two different conferences. It's the, the the Clippers and Kawhi know exactly what they're doing. They just made a mistake by first of all sitting him way too soon. <laughs> they at least play ten games first. And then exactly. Play. Why? Why? Why and, go two weeks into the season and be like, no, I don't want to play? Because they're they try to slip it in. You know, but they got to understand in the world of Twitter, in a world of Adam Schefter and Adam, um, and uh, who's not, like Mark Stein and uh, Wojnarowski. You know, as as soon as people know, they, you're gonna hear about it. And the the NBA more so than any league is is ready to slap you with the fine for saying anything out of the ordinary. So. Yeah. No, I load agree on that. Like, yeah, load management is trash for sure. Like, if you get paid to play, eighty, like, if, especially if you're getting paid eighty plus million dollars, like Kawhi is getting paid these next what two years, right? And and to break it down, they're zero and two without him. So right. it's and you don't even have Paul George. Paul George is coming back in a few weeks. But the thing is, is if your best player is not playing, then. You're essentially hurting yourself. And who knows, dude? Who knows? Down the line, he could be sitting again. And you sit you sit Kawhi Leonard when you're playing the Bucks against MVP Giannis. I don't right. understand that. I, why Why wouldn't you want to go out there with with your all well, of your calories? He would have to guard him. He would have to guard him. And score. Like, it, I, I, I understand wanting to sit him against good teams. You don't want him having to guard... A superstar and then have to score against said superstar. You want him having to guard, you know, the uh, the, the 
get, throw a name out there, like the. the I, I know what you're. I know what you're Harrison Barnes, like the like the but Harrison the end, Barnes of the league. Yeah, you know? I know. I, I I get you. I get that. The league is soft. Okay, the league the league is so soft now. Because if you ask Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, they're going out and they're playing all 82 games. Look at Westbrook. Westbrook, I don't think Westbrook's probably missed a total of four games in his whole career. He goes out there and plays every game, no matter who's on the schedule, no matter what. And Tristan Thompson does this. Very few players go out there and give you all 82 games or maybe even close with maybe like 77, 78. But the simple fact of it is, is, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate because I'm for load management and I'm against it too. But the thing I'm for is, is what Greg Popovich did with Tony Parker, Manu, and Tim Duncan is he prolonged their careers by sitting them. And that's beneficial. But don't do it two freaking weeks into the season. I, yeah, I can understand taking a game here and there in January to get some rest. But not two weeks into the season when you're trying to set the tone and and really make a mark. Because all that really matters is the beginning of the season and the end of the season. Everything in the middle, no one really pays attention to. So, I don't know. I'm for it. But, I mean, don't slap fines at people for coming out and saying, listen, obviously the Clippers didn't want to make the same mistake the Warriors did with KD. Obviously, that's probably a different circumstance because it was the playoffs. But still, if a, if a player comes up to you and says, I'm not healthy, you're going to play him anyway? I I don't know. I, I just think that the NBA is, like you said, it's a business. And all they care about is the money. And they're making way too much money to care about little things like that. But then all of a sudden, when a player of his caliber... So, see, when... When Ka- when Kawhi Leonard doesn't play and sits, it's different from when freaking uh, Alec Burks doesn't play. Who who's Alec Burks? He's not making any money. He's not making the league any money like Kawhi is. So it it's kind of it's kind of a screwed up situation if you ask me. No, that's a great point. You know, nobody cares if you know Seth Curry takes off the day off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's another yeah out. like. Another thing too is you you hear people taking games off for personal reasons and that could mean a death in the family. That could mean something serious is going on. But nine times out of ten, they all they want to do is rest and spend time with their family. You gotta understand too, another thing I mentioned in the article is a lot of these a lot of these uh, players have families and being on the road for that long and even being home too, they don't have much time with their family. You know, they're 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 spending so much time away from their family during the year and then out of their time with the family, you know. I don't understand what it's like to be uh in the NBA, but I do understand what it's like to be a father. And now now you say now you sit here and and have that uh, have long-term effects like missing out on your child's first steps, first words, missing all those milestones in their life when you're on the road trying to make a living. And yeah, it's your dream. And yeah, you're putting food on the table for them. But if you can't be in their life and be there every step of the way as much as you can and you're away from them at least, at least, I don't know, six to eight months out of the year, that's a big portion I mean, then then you got then you got problems like is 
all your kids are gonna know is you from a TV screen. So when we we sit here and say yeah, sleep sleep deprivation, sleep everything like that, people are taking time away from their family. And when we hear personal reasons, a lot of the time people are probably just home spending time with their family, taking a day to themselves, which isn't you know once in a while you can. But at the same token, I think the NBA. I'm not mistaken, has made it to where all players have to play away games because we've ran into a, a bunch of situations where fans are spending thousands and millions of dollars to see LeBron, to see Kawhi, to see all these high caliber players. And then when we get to the arena, they just spent their whole their whole paycheck and their savings to, to see LeBron play and he's not playing. That's a big blow. So I think they're implementing that you have to play all away games. Home games, I'm not too sure about. Um, I even heard that um, they they're 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 cracking down on players and teams of referring them not to download apps to delete text messages. I don't know if that's true. I, I heard it, uh, but I think there's no that, way that's true. Yeah, the NBA the NBA is soft, man. I mean, obviously. This season in particular is going to be a very great season. It's, it's wide open, but the NBA is soft. I wish I wish it was early 2000s NBA or uh, the 90s and 80s NBA, but that's never going to come back. That's never going to come back. But, but yeah. like I said, man, the, like obviously those, those decades with Twitter nowadays would still be as soft. Play, players are sensitive; they're humans. Exactly, but the simple fact of it is, I like the fact that they're actually letting. The players voice their own opinions on Twitter and actually tweeting themselves and you know talking to the fans themselves and you know but but yeah there's so many issues man that are not talked about I mean I can't help but feel for Kevin Love when he sits there and is having anxiety like he had to get subbed out of a game and then fell to his knees in the locker room because he couldn't breathe. I know how anxiety literally cripples you to the point where you might not even want to break free from your room. You might want to just lock. You can't think straight, you know? Anxiety ruined Royce White's... I don't know if you know who Royce White is, but it ruined his career. He was so scared to... To... So Exactly. He was so scared. And... Um, it, they were making jokes about it, like, oh, my God, he's afraid to fly, but he got dropped to the Rockets, blah, blah, blah. But, like, anxiety is a, a reason. Anxiety anxiety ruins careers, dude. And, like, these issues aren't talked about enough because the dollar sign gets in the way. And it's like, if you're not, if you're not making money for a franchise, if you're not making money for the league, they don't want anything to do with you. And that's just a simple fact of the NBA. Obviously, Adam Silver, I can go over this tons of times, but he says he's pro player, but I don't see it. I don't think people, Chris Broussard, I was, I was watching an interview or a pod or podcast with Chris Broussard and uh, Colin Coward. And Chris Broussard said, you need to have at least five to 10% of fear in your boss. I don't think players fear Adam Silver. They don't take him seriously enough. So that's why players act out. That's why players are doing whatever they want because Adam Silver isn't cracking down. I think you need to at least fear your boss. I mean, 
I mean, you you worked for somebody at some point. Like, did you have at least one percent of fear? Like, hey, like if I if I do something wrong, this might be my job. Like, wait, 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 wait. Players don't fear the commissioner. Absolutely not. I don't think so. In my opinion, I don't think that they fear him because he's so pro player. And you see around the league that people are doing basically what they want. I, mean, I, literally, I, I literally just got a notification that Marcus Smart just got fined for criticizing fine? the refs. Yeah. For what? Criticizing the refs. See, like, the thing is, you can slap fines on all these players, and with the amount of money they're making, 25000 is, like, pennies to them. They're going to keep doing that same thing because you're giving them those fines. You need to do yeah, something but, but, like you did with you need to do something like you did with um I'm blanking on his name, the Clippers owner who was racist. You need to ban like you need to ban people. You need to start like wait, laying for down criticizing, for criticizing refs. Like that's bullshit. Sorry for my language, but criticizing a ref, dude. Do you know how many times I've criticized refs during my basketball career? Right. You wanted you wanted to be banned from playing basketball for criticizing refs? Well, not not in that instance, but I'm just saying, if you want if you want players to like fear you and respect you and like not get out of line, then like for stuff like for for stuff like kicking someone in the groin or having a hard foul, like don't just find them twenty five thousand dollars. They're gonna do that the next game. Do something more. I don't know what more you could do. But I'm, I'm not not talking to ban them for life. I'm talking about like. Suspension. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, we just saw suspensions for Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid for their fight. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think the league does a pretty good job punishing players for what they do. I, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, go ahead. No player really has done anything that is up to being banned. I think what I'm trying to say is that no matter how many fines you throw at these players, they're going to continue to do what they do. It's right on on a small scale, at, but at the end of the day, it does its job as deterring the greater, you know, population from doing anything stupid. Dude, Jokic got fined for saying no homo. Yeah, but like that's one dude. And how many times have you heard that since and before that? All right, but like that's deterring people from being themselves, like. They can't. They can't sit there and give an honest answer. I mean, hey, that's the world we live in. But like, I don't think a lot of players are saying no, no, no homo in their their vernacular on a day to day. I'm just saying, though. It kind of obviously it slips out once in a while. But like, come on. All right. Obviously, if it gets to the point where like, all right, you're drawing the line, you're crossing that boundary, then yeah, do something about it. But he literally said, no homo, uh, Wendell Carter is longer than you expect. Like, come on. No, dude, I get it. Like, I, I totally understand. Like, But <laughs> he, he is a, a public figure. Like, Im- imagine if a senator said that or, I mean, anybody said that. You know, anybody who's in a public light or making that kind of money, of course they're going to get fined. From their boss, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I, 
we can agree to disagree on this on this yeah point because... I, I can see where you're coming from i just i don't know i don't i don't i don't agree with some of the fines that are going around like you like come like criticizing f dude like I, I a lot of this is written in the collective collective bargaining agreement too so players yeah. in the league agree on it but at the same token like where do you draw the line like in the sand like where do you like just throwing it out there like obviously there hasn't been fights like the palace but what if there is and like I I don't know where I'm trying to get with this but I mean I've been dying to see a fight like the palace I'm dying to see people that will never happen again probably not like the palace but like I mean, we've seen fights get a little bit more serious these past few years than we've seen in over the decade. Like, people are actually swinging at people now. So, it's... Yeah. I mean, I mean, every year, there there's some scuffles. But I feel like... no Guys aren't there really having hands, you know? Nobody really wants to fight. You know, the people just really want a ball. I think who said it? Ben Simmons the other day. He was like, not the other day, but the other day, he was like, guys out there don't really want to fight. You know, it's it's just not in their nature. You know. The thing is, I don't like is when someone someone's talking talking some shit to another player. Don't team them up. Let them talk. I miss that, dude. I miss the. I miss. You being able to talk shit no matter what. Kobe did it. Freaking Reggie Miller did it. Uh, LeBron did it in his early years. Like, people talk, dude. Like, let them talk. Let them fucking talk, dude. Oh, my God. Like, that's what makes the NBA the NBA. Is if you can't back if you can't back it up and then you have to have the ref come and tee you up, it's taken away from the game. And obviously, the game's been been getting softer and softer as far as the hand checks like I want you I want to bring the hand checks back you know I want I want like 1989 to 91 Detroit Piston basketball you get in the paint I want someone to get leveled obviously yeah like obviously injuries and like yeah you need to be careful with that but like I want like I want I want like a player to be scared to go down low like you don't get so that you, anymore. Like, so you you're not a as someone who has a jumper, you don't want any more of this finesse jump shot game. You want the old school. I know. want the old school grit and grind basketball like we're we've used to seeing. Obviously, yeah, like I, I can appreciate a good jump shot, like a step back, fade away, everything, but don't come down the court. I know we're getting off topic about issues, but like this is an issue in itself. I don't like when players. It really dribble. is. It really is. I don't like when players dribble the ball down the court and just settle for a three. Swing the ball around. Do a little pick and roll. Do something, dude. People aren't even moving around the court nowadays, dude. People it, it's are. Cra- it's crazy. It's crazy the scores that we're seeing nowadays. Remember when games were ending like in the nineties and the eighties. Yeah, now, dude. People now, aren't playing defense, of, dude. Oh people, my god. People scoring one. The the Rockets gave the other day was one fifty something to one forty something in regulation. It's crazy. That's three hundred points. You That's got crazy. freaking 
You got guys like Trey Young going for 38, 10, and 11. He's 6'1". You're going to let a 6'1 point guard do that? Right. You know what he's capable of. You've read the scouting report. You know he's a shooter. Yet you're letting him shoot behind the arc? Like, I don't get that. And obviously, this can be... This is an issue that people can agree to disagree with. But you can just look at games, dude. You can look at people, the people who actually play a lick of defense and don't. You know, the only time defense has ever played is in the playoffs. And not even that. So... The players don't don't care. No one cares. And it, it really hurts me because I'm a huge fan of the NBA. And, like, I've been getting into the NFL more because the NFL cares... Like, the players in general care more about winning and more about playing than a paycheck, in my opinion. Because it's more of a team sport. Exactly. So. And there's also 16 games. Yeah. So, you you got a very short time. I don't don't know how you let rookies go off, like, the way they are. Like, Luka Doncic should not be performing the way he's performing. I bet you, I bet you, if you put... If you put at least 75% of defense on Luka Doncic, he's not producing the, the numbers he's producing. I don't know. He's a problem. He is a problem, but people are letting him be a problem. And people are letting him settle. It's like that It's like that player that you never want to guard. You just – he runs around the court, and you don't really want to guard him because you're too tired, or you just let him score. Like, right. that's what it's turning into now is like, oh, I'm not going to guard you tonight because I know what you're capable of. I'm going to let you go for 25. You know, I'm going to guard you when I want to. That's the mentality some players have, man. Obviously, that that can coincide with sleep deprivation, anxiety, stress, you know. I, I mean, the, the, whole, the, whole, the whole mentality of leave your shit at the door and focus on your job dude you don't know what people are thinking during a game so you have so many so many things going on in people's lives that can can screw up their performance you know they're probably running on two hours of sleep they probably ate a fat juicy triple baconator before the game like freaking glenn davis does freaking there's so many exactly dude like you there's so there's all these issues that we're talking about on this podcast, viewers, they all come together as one. Everything comes together as one. And that's what we need to do a better job of. You know, give these players classes who are coming into the league. Make it a little bit of a mandatory, you know? Implement it into their franchises. I know you I know y'all franchises got money. I know y'all have money. Right. Put people in class. Put people, people who come out of college one year and done, or now they're bringing back the high school rule. Put these guys in classes and put these guys in finance classes, how to save money, where to put money toward, um, how to prepare yourself, you know, get freaking hire Antonio to go out there and freaking train these athletes and be like, hey, you need to be eating this. You need to make sure you're working out here. Get, get at least eight, six to eight hours of sleep as hard as that is during the season like do things off the court that are bettering you as a person and 
down the line, you can play like your Vince Carter. You can play when you're 42 years old. You need to get in even that then. You, you, the your professional career is very short, and you have a long life after that. Exactly. So you you're set up for that. Exactly, and you know it's it's kind of sad to see that once these players are are done, only certain only certain players are still profiting. Other other players are broke. And Tony Walker broke within two years because he pissed all his money away gambling. You know, you're, you're, you're people are literally living paycheck to paycheck as hard as it seems. People are probably living paycheck to paycheck right now with million dollar paychecks. You know, what's going to happen when eventually your career ends and you have that nice house or that nice car? And now all of a sudden, you have to downgrade to a, a mediocre car and like an apartment. Are you ready for that change? You invested that money well. Exactly. You got to learn how to save. And I I don't save money well either. But, you know, like you have to prepare yourself for the future, dude. Like some people have family. Some people are trying to save up for something big. Like you can't be LeBron. You can't, you can't, you can't make your own school. You can't invest into other things. Like no one, no one has the capability of LeBron. So. It's like you really have yeah, to. You, you gotta build even, what's right for you. Exactly. Like, I know Donovan Mitchell was speaking. He was like, you know, I had to go and finish my college degree because my mom wanted me to. But the thing is, your mom is, Donovan Mitchell, your mom is so correct. It's because you can fall back on it. and you have experience in the NBA. You could be an analyst, you could be a reporter. Or you could work for a team. Look at Zaza Pachulia. He just got a management. He followed me on LinkedIn, by the way. But that's besides the point. But he's in he's in the Warriors league office right now. He probably would have never got that job if he didn't play for them. So network yourself as you're playing. Talk to as many people as possible. And like for people who are out there trying to get into the league, like I hope you guys are listening to any advice and telling you and better preparing yourself. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to college solely for basketball. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. If you're not if you're not a Zion Williamson, if you're not a Blake Griffin, no one, like, if you're not highly valued out of college, you're going nowhere. And when you get injured, it's going to take a while to get back to, to the league. I mean, look at Jeremy Lin. He didn't get injured, but he went to a low, low-profile school. He battled his way, sleeping on couches. Like you don't want to do that. You want to set yourself up for success. So, and this all stems to, um, this all stems to people coaching them at a young age. People need to instill them with good val, good core values. And that's why I say Steph Curry has changed the game. Because before, sit outside the three-point line and jack up a three. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be lazy on defense because my offense can make up for it. You know, I love you, Steph Curry, but I hate you at the same time because you ruined the game of basketball. But then, but then on another note, you made the game what not, it not ruined. 
he elevated the game of basketball. He elevated the game of basketball, but you know, some people can say he that. He did not ruin the game. The game is the game. The three point shot is part of the game. He he revolutionized the, the sport. People need to stop hating on him. Did you see that, that report that came out today? That players no. were like, want to beat the hell out of Golden State because they, they're. They're, they think it's their time now and that they've been jealous these past few years. Just hating. Just players I'm not, are so... I'm not hating not, on what the Warriors have done. I'm just... I'm hating on how he's made players around the league and coming up more lazy. Obviously, what Steph Curry is doing, he did it because he worked his ass off. I'm, I'm talking about the players who literally, like I said, dribble the ball with the court, jack up a three, or would rather shoot a three than a layup or slack on defense. This is what Steph Curry is doing to some of these players. So, Steph Curry doesn't. When, when have you ever seen Steph Curry slack on defense? The boy has three chips. Oh, we can... I don't even want to get into that. But... I mean, he might be just be bad at defense, but I don't think you can ever question his effort on the court. I never question his effort, but I'm just saying, like... His style of play is rubbing off on other other kids and other generations coming up, and they're 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 sitting there saying, you know, what? my offense is going to make up for it. I don't I don't need to play defense. My offense is nasty. I don't need to play defense. And I see more and more this happen in AAU high school. I see it all around all around the world, and sit there and say. I love you, Steph Curry, but I hate you at the same time. But obviously, yeah, he's not to blame for what these kids are doing, but they're seeing what you're doing on the court, and they're trying to emulate it. I, then, I think they're trying to emulate Harden more than, than Curry because Harden is way more of a, of a, uh, I would say, a, a game ruiner than anybody. Yeah, teach kids how to travel, James Harden. Like... Not even that, but like the individual stats are more important than um right than team stats, stats are more important than winning nowadays, and I don't like that at all. Like, yeah, you can. It's it's so like obviously I don't know what it's like to have a good stat line in the NBA. Obviously, I'm not there, but I'm just saying it seems like it's more easy to get a triple double, to 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 go for thirty nowadays. Like it's it's a lot easier. Back in the day, it was it was very rare. That's why you see some of the greats not averaging thirty points a game like Michael Jordan did. Like they're averaging like maybe low twenties, uh, low twenties to mid twenties. Like so many players now, it's 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 not it's not surprising to sit there and be like, oh, Trey Young is, av- is averaging forty points a game right now. James Harden going one for seventy last night. Devin Booker the youngest player to go for 70 like it's just it's not a surprise anymore and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing well the NBA started this when they changed the the way people play defense back in the day so I mean they they wanted a more offensive minded game so that's why they introduced the three point line back in the day that's why they got rid of hand checking you know now, you know that's why there's a, you know, just a favorable way of playing for offense. 
So, so at the end of the day, that's why players who play great defense are coveted. So, I mean, it's it, it really comes down to entertainment and um, making sure that the product stays as entertaining as possible. And to sum everything up, why aren't these issues talked about? It's as simple as that. We have so many issues in this league. And we claim to be a fan of it. We claim to be a fan of the league. We watch it every day. Next time you, you go look at a player, really, really think about them as a person for a second. And really think about what they're overcoming to be in that position to give you to perform for you, to put on a show for you. I don't know why these issues aren't talked about. And I hope this podcast uh, emphasizes this, that people really need to start talking about these issues on a daily basis. Obviously, yeah, that's not good for TV, but do it behind closed doors. Do it in a management office. Talk about it at some point because the players in the league are either going to get mentally mentally or physically injured because of these problems. The anxiety will get the best of someone. Stress will get the best of someone. That's why you see more and more people getting suspended for the anti-drug policy knowing damn well they freaking roll the blunt before the game because they needed to feel sane. So, you know, like, stress and anxiety result to other habits. Sleep deprivation. You know, like, Everything, if you're not taking care of your body, like poor Zion Williamson can't even play till December because of his knee. You know, like what are we doing to prepare our players to be the best versions of themselves? And on that note, I, any last words, Antonio, on that? Because you're, you're the personal trainer and you, you, you speak with this to your clients every day, but obviously you're only one person. There's, there's trainers who who on paper are more qualified than you, and yet their clients are getting injured. Yeah, man, it, it really just comes down to preparation and how how much you're willing to put in uh, to get the most out of your body. So when it comes to sleep, when it comes to nutrition, uh, when it comes to your fitness, it all goes hand in hand. So making sure you, you're maximizing and utilizing everything within your your repertoire to you know get the most benefit out of each of those categories is what you should be aiming to do on the day to day. I couldn't say better myself. Took the words right out of my mouth. Antonio, it's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Love when you can come out and uh, spit some knowledge to to everyone out there. Um, but. Everyone, thank you for listening to the No Limit Jumper podcast. Antonio, it's been a pleasure. No problem, James. Have a good night. And cut.